Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Along with bringing you updates and critical information happening all around the world, we're always fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers. These good folks are practicing on the ground in jurisdictions all around the world, helping their clients every day move through these difficult times. On the program, we span the globe and receive updates on critical issues from ELA members in each region. Today, we're going to be chatting with one of our members in Nebraska. Joining us on the program today is Tara Stingley, attorney at Klein Williams Wright Johnson and Old Father. Tara is in her home office in Omaha, Nebraska. Today, Tara is going to update us on an important e-alert her firm released today regarding mandatory vaccinations in the context of COVID-19. Tara, welcome to the program. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me, Pete. Well, Tara, we're at a really historic moment. The FDA authorized the first coronavirus vaccine over the weekend, and on Monday, December 14th, a critical care nurse in New York received the first coronavirus vaccine in America, of course, outside of clinical trials. So what's the implication of these developments on employers? Well, this is certainly a watershed moment in the pandemic and is a light at the end of the tunnel in what has been a very difficult year for employers. It's also a reminder of employers continuing duty to provide a safe workplace for their employees. Now, the manner in which the vaccine was administered and the message conveyed by the recipient is relevant to our discussion today. The recipient, Sandra Lindsay, was reported to have said, I have seen the alternative and do not want it for you, which is probably the mindset of most employers in this pandemic, that we don't want our employees to go through this or to get sick. So given that being the case, can an employer require its employees to get a vaccination? Generally speaking, and subject to a few exceptions, yes, employers can require their employees to get a vaccination as a condition of employment. The two main legal exceptions from a mandatory vaccination requirement include an employer's duty to provide reasonable accommodation of individuals with disabilities and to those with sincerely held religious beliefs. And also, employers with collective bargaining agreements and unionized workforces will want to consider whether they can impose this kind of condition on their employees as well. So there are some exceptions. And let's first talk about accommodations for disabilities. Which laws speak to employers' obligations to this kind of context? Well, in this context, employers need to keep in mind both the Federal Americans with Disabilities Act, or the ADA, which applies to employers with 15 or more employees, as well as analogous state and local laws that prohibit disability discrimination. Now, the law on COVID-19 is developing fairly rapidly, but the law on this issue primarily has developed to date through the lens of the annual seasonal flu shot. And on that issue, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has stated that if an employee refuses to take a required influenza vaccine because of a covered disability, which is a term that is defined pretty broadly, then the employer has to engage in an interactive process with the employee, which is really a fancy term for have a conversation and engage in a dialogue. So let's talk about this interactive process or conversation. In those conversations, what should employers consider? They need to consider the employee's condition, whether it rises to the level of a disability, which again is defined fairly broadly, the nature of the employee's request or objection, and whether there is some reasonable accommodation that would enable the employee to still perform the essential functions of their job, even if they don't get the vaccination. For example, 
Potential accommodations could include having the employee work from home, work from a more isolated location, to wear a mask or other personal protective equipment while they're physically present and around other people in the workplace. And the employer can refuse to provide a reasonable accommodation exempting the employee from that mandatory vaccination requirement if the employer can establish undue hardship, which is really a showing that the accommodation would result in significant difficulty or expense. But that can be a difficult hurdle for employers to overcome. Regardless, like all other ADA accommodation requests, employers have to individually assess what an employee is asking for and potential accommodations on a case-by-case basis. So let's talk about, you know, how these issues apply to a mandated COVID-19 vaccine. If a firm decides we're going to make sure that this happens, how do the issues apply? Great question, Pete. And the ADA's application to a mandated COVID-19 vaccine is less clear because the EEOC just hasn't spoken on the issue yet. But the EEOC takes the view that the decision regarding vaccination involves the employer making a medical inquiry to its employees. So under the ADA, an employer can only undertake covered medical inquiries if they are job-related and consistent with business necessity. For example, healthcare employers who require employees to take a flu shot clearly fit within those parameters. Ordinarily, it may be more difficult for a non-healthcare employer to meet the job-related and consistent with business necessity standard, but COVID-19, the pandemic certainly presents a unique scenario. So courts and the EEOC may be more willing to allow employers to mandate a COVID-19 vaccine because of the nature of the global pandemic. And the EEOC has stated that the pandemic likely meets the ADA's direct threat standard, which allows employers to make more extensive medical inquiries in the workplace than the ADA typically permits. So for example, in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, the EEOC recognizes that non-healthcare employers can take employees' temperatures, which is clearly a medical inquiry. And it can do that before allowing those employees to enter the workplace based on the EEOC's position that the pandemic meets the ADA's direct threat standard. So let's move on to other reasonable accommodations. You mentioned employers' obligations for employees that have sincerely held religious beliefs. So what does that involve? Under federal law, Title VII prohibits employers with 15 or more employees from discriminating against employees on the basis of religion. And many state and local anti-discrimination laws contain similar restrictions and govern an employee's religious objections to vaccination. So an employee can request an exception to mandatory vaccination if taking the vaccine would violate the employee's sincerely held religious beliefs, observances, and practices. And once an employee requests that kind of exception, employers should consider the following factors. First, whether the employee's belief is religious in nature. Second, whether the employee's belief is sincerely held. And then third, whether providing a reasonable accommodation would impose an undue hardship on the employer. So let's talk about personal preferences here. Are an employee's personal preferences or beliefs relevant in this context? Under federal law, generally not. Religious beliefs are more than an individual's personal preferences or social, political, or economic philosophies. There's a great case from 2017 from the Third Circuit Court of Appeals 
that considered a case where the employee requested an exemption from a mandatory flu shot based upon religious grounds. And in that case, the court held that an employee's belief that he should not harm his body and then a vaccine was potential harm was not a religious belief and therefore he was not properly accepted from the vaccination requirement. However, a lot of states have a personal belief exemption. So employers certainly need to be cognizant of the law of the jurisdictions in which they operate if they are considering imposing a mandatory vaccination policy. Regardless, employers generally should assume that an employee's request for religious accommodation is based on a sincerely held religious belief unless the following factors exist. One being, has the employee behaved in a way that is inconsistent with the employee's professed religious belief? Another factor would be the timing of the employee's request and whether that timing is suspect. And finally, whether there is some other legitimate reason to believe the employee does not seek accommodation for purely religious reasons. So with all that being said, is it more likely that the EEOC and courts will take the position of simply encouraging employees to get the vaccine? What do you think? That's a great question, Pete. And it's unclear how the EEOC will ultimately address this issue for COVID-19 vaccinations. But reading the tea leaves, it does seem likely that the EEOC will allow employers to mandate COVID-19 vaccinations with limited exceptions, but that they will also express a preference for simply encouraging vaccination. And that's the position the EEOC has taken with regard to the seasonal flu shot. And frankly, that's probably going to be the more effective approach for the majority of employers with respect to an employee relations standpoint. So most of us are familiar with the Disney movie, Mary Poppins, which featured an English nanny singing about a spoonful of sugar. And that song conveyed a message that an unpleasant situation can become a bit more tolerable when it's accompanied by something more pleasurable. And the genesis of this song was the songwriter's young son telling his father that he had just received the polio vaccine that day. And when his father, who assumed that the vaccine was administered by a shot, asked his son if it hurt, the son replied that the vaccine was simply put on a sugar cube for him to eat. And the next day, the song, A Spoonful of Sugar, was born. So there's no doubt that we are living in a divisive and politically charged environment. And with all of the social and political debates on the pandemic and vaccinations in general, a softer spoonful of sugar approach of encouraging vaccination may ultimately be more effective for many employers. Well, that's a great analogy. And that, by the way, was a great musical back in the day. So what other considerations should employers really keep in mind? I mean, this has been very helpful, but what are some of the top things you're advising your clients on? Well, first, employers have to consider their own work environments and circumstances, including how close workers are to one another, the frequency of close contact among employees, and the risk of disease transmission. So where the risk of transmitting disease among employees may be low with respect to remote workforces or physically distanced employees, a vaccination requirement might have little practical impact compared to circumstances with a high risk of transmitting disease among employees, such as in the context of healthcare facilities. Employers will also wanna consider the potential advantages of a vaccination policy, including preventing employees from spreading disease, protecting high-risk employees and customers or clients, trying to return to normal operations in a shorter timeframe, 
and really advancing the overall goal of providing a safe workplace. Employers will also want to establish a very clear and robust policy and process for reviewing and documenting employees' requests for accommodations of disabilities and sincerely held religious beliefs. I think employers should assume that they're going to get those type of requests and they have to be prepared in how they're going to respond to them. And then finally, employers will want to craft a plan to maximize effectiveness of a vaccination policy. That may include offering incentives or administering vaccines at the workplace, like many employers already do with a seasonal flu shot. The point is, make it easy and accessible for employees to access the vaccine when it becomes available. And we all hope that day comes sooner rather than later. So until then, it sounds like it's pretty important for employers to provide a safe workplace for their employees and still keep up things like social distancing measures and require them to wear masks and any other things. Are there any other final comments that you've got? No, I think that's a great point, Pete. The vaccine rollout is going to take time. Not everyone is going to get it immediately, as we know. And so until we've reached that point where the majority of the population has received the vaccination, it's still critically important for employers to focus on safe workplace practices by doing all of the things that we've been talking about during this pandemic of maintaining social distancing, requiring masks, and those other general workplace safety practices. Well, this has been a great update, Tara, and thanks to you and your colleagues at Klein Williams, Wright, Johnson, and Old Father for putting out that e-alert. I'm sure they can find that on your website. What website address is that? That would be www.kleinwilliams.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. I hope you and your family are staying safe and well, and it was great to visit with you today. Thanks so much, Pete. If you'd like to connect with Tara Stingley or any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law. Just go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page. There you can sign up to receive invitations for upcoming webinars, download white papers, access on-demand content, or use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.